if you choose a path towards mastery, I don't care whether that's pottery and clay or whether that's entrepreneurship or whether that's tennis, you're going to have to go through the things that have made you be unaligned in life. Welcome to the Have It All podcast, my friend. This is your new home for the world's most practical, no BS approach to everything personal development and spirituality. Hey, you want to break through in your finances, that sexy body, or the relationships of your dreams? Well, you're in the right place. You see, Guy and I have spent the last 16 years and over a million dollars investing in our own growth and development. And on this show, we promise to share with you only that which has made the greatest impact. This show is just the tip of the iceberg of what we offer here at Satori Prime. So if you're ready to delve deeper, you can also grab our state of the art app, which was just recently released. You can go to satoriprime.com forward slash app. And please make sure you request access to our amazing Facebook group, which is called Personal Development Without the Fluff. It's an amazing tribe of like-minded, heart-centered people that you will feel right at home with. We also share exclusive content there and invite you to some free exclusive trainings. So with that being said, let's jump into today's show. I'm super excited to have Landon on. We got a chance to jam out. It was probably like two weeks ago or so. And it was funny because Landon came across my desk through uh, a friend of ours. And she's like, she knows about our podcast. And she sends me this thing. And it's the sales gorillas. And immediately I'm like, oh, God, you know, like another salesperson. And I'm reading what the description is. And I'm like, oh. Oh, oh, okay, cool. Because Landon, and this is what we spoke about a lot. We both are very, it's weird because we are both very, the old school anti, as I kind of shared on, on the Facebook post, like that douchey salesy, let me jam this product down your throat. So then you can refund it a week or 10 days later when you wake up and go, what the hell did I just buy? And um, the more we spoke, the more I realized that Landon is someone who gets it and he gets that it's all about building relationships. And one of the things that I didn't even share with Guy and I'd love what I'm sure we're going to talk about today is Landon has one of, if not the most uh, engaged Facebook groups out right now. Um, <laughs> there's that face. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, without me um, saying anything more, Landon, I'd love for you to just come out and, and introduce yourself and what you're passionate about, obviously, and then we'll kind of dive into all the other stuff. Sure. So for those who don't know me, here's the short, quick and dirty. Right out of high school, I became a chef. Like that was my college. I'm a full on chef, foodie guy. Um, as you can see by the hair and the beard, I'm also redneck mountain hippie, but... <laughs> Nights, weekends, and holidays don't work for raising kids. So I got into sales in my early 20s, and uh, I spent 15 years doing it, four years in real estate, and 10 years in corporate B2B finance. And I became the quintessential – how's the language on your on your stuff? Oh, just okay. go crazy. We, cool. we drop F-bombs all the time. Okay, so I became the quintessential mindfuckery guy. If you stayed on the phone, you bought – like. I'm intelligent enough to find all of the little cracks and I can exploit them with a wedge and you're done and you buy. 
And then one day I woke up and apparently I grew a conscience, right? (laughs) It had a little bit to do with some selfish reasons though, because I hated the situation I was in. I hated my clients because I'd bring on a client and then I'd have to manage that relationship going forward. And it sucked because I could be anybody I needed to be to make the sale happen. But then two, three, eight months later, I'm like being me. And this is like the third time this idiot's no showed me on a meeting he scheduled. And I'm like, so I spent 15 years in sales, but really what it comes down to is I'm a conversationalist. And the thing that fascinates me is how humans actually communicate with each other. I was on you guys' live the other day and I was like, cool. I get everything you're saying. I've got a teenage daughter and that whole scenario is a little bit different, right? Um, but I was dragged into this space. My wife and I asked who you guys just met, created a parenting course and we're going the, the parenting Facebook group route. And like, we were going to help people deal with preteens. They are usually the really difficult ones. And then as they become teenagers, they get, you know, whatever. And I was dragged into this space. Um, I bought a Facebook ads course and I was communicating with some people and, All of a sudden, one week, three guys on one day were like, dude, you got to fucking teach this. And I was like, dude, no, the fuck I don't. And then two days later, somebody else is like, dude, you need to teach people how to do this. And I was like, no. And then the next day, somebody that I was working with was like, well, I just created a Facebook group and there's 100 people in there and this is what it's going to be. And this is and I was like, here we are a year later. And apparently people want to know how to sell their shit. Without having to be douche canoes, which is a term that we use in our group. I and, love that. Douche canoes. <laughs> right. And it's interesting because while I teach sales and getting clients and the sales conversation and all of that stuff from a totally different place than anybody who's gone through any sales training material ever, it's totally different than that. But it comes down to this one thing it's all about the relationships. They're the most important thing on the planet. And the one you have with yourself is the most important. And if you can get your head wrapped around that, then the sales thing becomes really easy. And like, here's the punchline to use Gary V's coined term. Now, if you can figure out who it is in your marketplace that you would naturally get along with, it's really easy to just have a conversation with them. Mm. And if they know what you do and they want it and need it, then you're naturally the one that they go to for that thing. So Mm. in a nutshell, that's kind of like who I am and what I do. Um, You guys fascinate me because some of the other shit you talk about, like (laughs) this little business thing that we're all kind of doing, you guys have been doing it longer than we have. Yes, we have that in common, but it's all of the other stuff that you guys talk about anyways. Well, look, we're going to probably delve into all sorts of things here. You you said something really interesting, which is talking to someone that is very natural for you to talk to. And one of the things when we were doing kind of like more business consulting, I think there's a huge misconception when people start online, specifically online, I think anywhere, but specifically online, that they need to attract you know, millions of customers in order to have a multi-million dollar business. And one of the things that we found is, you know, if you can even attract a thousand people who really love you and will kind of follow you to the ends of the earth, then you already have at the very least a very high multiple six figure business and most likely even a seven figure business. And the way that I always explained it is, 
you know, you have friends, right? I've only had one person ever tell me that they have no friends. Multiple it's a very odd conversation, even a seven figure business. But I said to them, I was like, you know, you have, <laughs> you did the face, uh, you, you know, you have friends and everyone does. Right. And I said, okay, well, your friends are within a 25 mile radius of your house at, at most, let's say. And how many of those do you have? Okay. Well now if I gave you the entire world, do you think that you can go make some other friends? Who would want to hang out with you? So with that being said, and, and I think that's kind of what you were alluding to before, right? Like that's who you really want to work with at the end of the day anyway. Yeah. It's here's the thing to make a sales happen in a conversation. Highly trained salespeople have the ability to manufacture relatability. If you can manufacture relatability and it's a fit, then you can make all of the other pieces happen. And where most people who have a craft, a thing that they love doing, and they need other people to buy it so they can do the thing and make a living, try to do the sales thing is, is they end up trying to be a different way to make the thing happen. True. When if they would focus on people they would naturally relate to, the no like, and trust thing happens on its own. And then it's really easy. Here's what it is. Here's what it does. Here's how you can have it. And you become more of an info like an information vessel than a salesperson. Right. So let, let's just define, because I thought you used a great word. So what is, you know, when you were, you're referring to douche canoe, <laughs> which I really like and I'm going to borrow. What is a douche canoe? Man. Okay. So a douche <laughs> canoe is somebody that acts in a certain way to get somebody to have a certain perception of them. Right. Mm. If you're the suit wearing, leaning against the the Range Rover guy, and that's you, fucking be that all day long. True. You actually are. But if you're putting on a persona to try and give somebody a certain perception that's not actually who you are, and then you go about trying to sell them something, you're a douche canoe. That's so. So we spoke about this before about. Certain people, I'm not going to mention any names because that, that might hurt people here, but there's certain people who are all about grinding and dialing and like making sales and fortune sales and all that kind of stuff, um, which I think for a lot of people is very uncomfortable and they shy away from being in sales because they believe that they need to be that type of person in order to generate sales. And the sales gorilla is really the complete counterculture to that, right? Yeah. So tell people a little bit more about who you work with and, and why people want to work with you. Sure. Coaches, consultants, service-based business owners, right? I mean, pretty much the gamut of somebody who would need five to 10 clients a month or a quarter, depending on how much they make from their clients. There's some distinctions here, though. One of the things that I think kind of resonated with you and I, Elon, is the old way of doing sales is like manipulation and persuasion. And it's that thing, right? It's a means to an end to get the money. We as a, as a society and a culture, we're like tired of that. And with the technology that we've got and the ability to, oh, I really don't have to do the nine to five thing. And I really geek out about this thing. And I want to turn it into a business and like, it's my craft they need to be able to get clients. So here's the mind fuck getting clients and doing sales are not the same thing, mm. right? 
you could, if you were a, a self-defense teacher or coach, take a 95 pound woman who's five foot tall and in a weekend teach her to put down a six foot four, 280 pound man in a couple of quick moves. That's different than her training for five or 10 years to become the world's foremost jujitsu expert, right? Different skill sets. Yeah. What most people who think they're doing sales training and learning persuasion and manipulation think they're getting is they're becoming a jujitsu master, Mm. but they're using the shortcuts, which is it's douchebaggery, right? It's, Mm. it's just not the right way to deal with people. So we help people get clients and we don't teach sales. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think, I think in loose, loose sales terms, it's called like attraction marketing versus like uh, persuasion marketing perhaps. And I think with like the NLP crowd and all that kind of stuff that came online, it really became about just getting mind fucking people versus really focusing on how you as a person naturally build relationships to begin with, which is a lot of what we talked about when we used to do uh, a lot of entrepreneurial coaching. And we still do. Um, we would say like, you know, think about how you create a friend. Most people have never really thought about what's the process you've gone through since the moment you met that person at the bar and how they became a lifelong friend of yours and the investment you made. Um, I moved to uh, San Diego about five years ago and I moved here when I was 29 years old, almost 30. And so you guys do the math. (laughs) I guess my point is, is that one of the things I saw that I was taking for granted when I left New York, I had this really amazing group of people around me who were lifelong friends and I never thought about the investment of time it took to have those people be that way. So when I came out here, of course, I met really great people who I felt very connected with. It took me years before I looked around. I was like, whoa, I got a base over here, like a, f- a fundamental foundational people that I can seriously rely on. And business is kind of the same way. We talk about it all the time. Of course, we want to deliver value to as many people as we possibly can. We were, we were just having a conversation before we got on here. And it's like, I'll offset a big sale today for the potential of, of something much bigger down the line with that person two years from now. Right. And, and it's like it's like patient business building versus I got to fucking make a buck. And I think that has always been um, our company motto because there, there have been a lot of opportunities for us to put many millions of dollars in our pocket very quickly. And we always turned it down for the integrity of what we actually believed in, in our hearts as to what the company is supposed to be. Now, if it takes us 20 years to build that company, I'd rather have that company than the company that's around for three to five years, makes a bunch of millions of dollars, you know, and, and, and is built upon like the tears of other people. I just don't, I don't want that kind of business. That's why I resonate with you guys because it's not, yes, money, cool, awesome. Money getting and building a, a solid foundation that actually impacts people, two totally different things. Yeah. And that's where the culture is going. I'm a little bit older than you guys. I'm 40. I just turned 40 and I've seen it. Most of my old clients in the nine to five world were all fifties and sixties. You know, they're all C level people that have been in corporate forever. Society as a whole is not operating the same way. And like, why is Facebook live so huge right now? Because communication has been automated for so long, so hard and to such an extent that we're all like, fuck, I just want real connection. Yep. Right. And ultimately that's what we're after is real connection. Yes. 
we need to be able to do a thing that we're really good at being ourselves and be supported doing, but at the cost of what? And that's the question, right? If we can do that thing that we're geared towards doing what you're interested in and be able to get the right kind of clients, the impact you have on the world is so much greater than money getting. So you got three to $5 million this year, BFD. How many of the people that you impacted are going to impact the world? Yes. Right. Do you find that that comes from a mindset? So like, okay, someone starting a business, right? In there, and I remember this very, very vividly. You know, when you start a business, goal number one is survival. And a lot of people, when they start business, it's not, even if they want to be altruistic and they have all this impact, grand visions, and all that stuff, bottom line is like, if I don't make money in the next six months, I'm fucked. And they sell out that long-term vision for that short-term win. Mm -hmm. And in doing so, and this was our experience, and and like I said, we had many of these conversations. For us, integrity was so paramount as we were building this. And for a lot of people, especially, and, and not to generalize, but like especially young people, because I think media and culture today is, you know, this instant success thing that all these kids are seeing, you know, somebody 23 sells a fucking app for whatever billions of dollars. And now everyone's like, Oh, I can do that. So what are you seeing culturally? Right. We were talking about kind of that old world sales and what are you seeing (laughs) that, that people coming into this world? Are they, are they thinking differently? Are they having different outlooks, different outcomes that they want? I think our race, our species as an animal globally is actually changing. We're going from one paradigm to another. And I think that happens generationally or every other generation. But I think, I think really because we're becoming more of a global culture versus pockets and countries, which is led, I think, by the younger generations, technology. Like we have the ability to do this with people in other countries. 20, 30 years ago, it was you and the people in your neighborhood, right? Um, Or who you could get on the phone. And I think what's happening is we're all kind of getting tired of the bullshit. Like Mm. politics and and companies that have been, you know, two, three, four generations in the making, they operate at at a standard that was done a certain way. Our education system currently is set up to create factory workers. That's changing, right? It's changing with charter schools and Montessori schools and homeschooling and unschooling. And why is that? Because what we've been dealing with is no longer relative, right? And I think the business world is going that way as well. Because we have the ability to say, I love this one little thing, little tiny itty bitty thing. And I can craft these and it takes me four hours and I sell them for a hundred dollars a piece. And if I can sell two a day, I can eat. Right. And, but this is the only thing that I ever want to do. You didn't really have the ability to do that until you go back before we had like electricity. Right. And because of that, our, our ability to express what it is that we're interested in has forced this change where we're trying to 
communicate differently. And it's not everybody, you know, they're the kid that lucked into, he was, he geeked out about a thing. He created an app and Yahoo bought it for $4 billion or whatever, right? That's a unicorn. That's Uber. There's a huge number of people that think that that's the thing that's going to happen to them. And it's not, they've got lessons to learn, right? The people that get into business and they're like, in six months, I'm going to be screwed. Well, maybe they've got a couple of lessons that they need to learn that that's going to facilitate. And they have to go through that to actually grow to where they need to be to be able to do the thing. And in the meantime, if they step on somebody to get the money because they've got to, I would say most of those people eventually figure it out. Yeah. Most people don't have a plan to stay in the integrity. Like you guys could have taken, I remember seeing you guys several years ago, right? You guys could have gone a different route and your business not be what it is or ever could be. And yeah, you've got money in the bank, but nobody wants to know who you are. That's no yeah. life to live. Yeah. You, you kind of brought it up earlier. There are people in this space, right? There are people in all kinds of spaces, building cars, making race cars, food production. I mean, we could go on down that list, but I think there are people that are waking up to there's something different. There's something more. And it's not about the thing that I pull out of my pocket. And I think globally our society is beginning to change because we're so connected now. And I yeah. think that's what it comes down to is the connectedness. What do you think brought upon your, I mean, I'm sure you kind of remember back in that time, but you mentioned you grew a conscience at some point. Mm -hmm. Do you remember what that experience was for you? I got out of the shower one morning. It was either a Tuesday or a Wednesday and I'm standing at the bathroom counter and the clock says 4:38 AM because I have to drive across town to be there by six 30. And I'm looking at myself in the mirror and I'm like, I fucking hate you. Wow. I remember the color of the towel I had wrapped around me. I remember the way my haircut was and the beard that I had at the time. Wow. And this is going back eight years. Well, yeah, that all sounds, you know, amazing and whatever. Ultimately it started as a selfish thing. I hated the nonsense and the bullshits and having to put out the fires and dealing with people that were morons. And it was a selfish thing. I've got this giant pile of clients and I'm making really good money, but it's not worth it because I fucking hate it. Hmm. At the same time, my kids were both going from little kid to starting that preteen thing. And they go from, okay, dad, I'll do that because you said so too. I know really you're the boss and I kind of have to do what you say I've got to do, but they start becoming their own little person. And that relationship dynamic was changing at the same time. Mm. And what occurred to me was I can make people do something, whether they want to or not, to get the end goal that I want, which is a right now thing. But then I have to deal with all the consequences of that. Mm. How can I shift this? Right. And it was selfish. It was totally a, it, it was totally a selfish thing. But as I went through that process for six months or so, it occurred to me that, oh, if I only deal with people that I actually want to deal with in business, then I don't have any nonsense that bleeds into the other areas of my life from that compartment. Mm. And I grew up in the woo. Um, you know, my mom was full-on astrology and numerology and tarot and all of that weirdness, right? Connected to earth. And I was raised by women. So I've got that natural empathy thing. And it just feels right to have 
an intention that I don't have to go. Yeah, I'm going to do what I'm going to do, but I don't like looking at myself in the mirror. Right. So that was the moment. And it was literally, it was 4.38 AM and it was Tuesday or Wednesday. Can I remember it? That's so cool. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. I also came from sales. I was in finance and even when I was at the peak, so we took company, basically half a million dollar investment. And four or five years later, we had over a hundred million dollars in assets under management. And, and, and guy was in on many of these phone calls that I had. I knew that there were these buttons that you could push with people Mm -hmm. that would make them do things. Mm -hmm. And, at times it's one of these things. It's like, you're still a human and you still have needs and you still have, you know, your family to feed and all that stuff. And you have all this arsenal and you're like, well, I know I could push this button. And there was this always thing, like the one thing I kept driving that that was like the driver of every conversation was how can I leave this person better off than when they left me. And even if that means not doing business with me, I have to be honest about that. Like if doing business with me isn't leaving this person better off than where they are, like we don't get to do business. That's to me, only, only reason I had that conversation was because I was doing a lot of personal development work at that time Mm -hmm. because the sales strategies taught me a very, very different thing. Yeah. But the feeling and the hard thing that you're talking about taught me something else. And I was always in this kind of conundrum of like trying to find that balance for myself. Right. So when people come to work with you guys, I'm sure they too, look, people don't find you to be douchey salespeople. Like there's plenty of people that they can learn that from, right? They come to you because that doesn't feel natural for them. It doesn't feel good for them. And yet the other side of it, like the being too, oh, I'm just going to be a friend. Like, right. That doesn't work either. There is kind of that, that balancing act. Hi there, my friend. And I just wanted to pause here just for a quick second and say, thank you. Thank you for being a valued, loyal listener, because I just heard a really cool stat from the people that help us put our podcast together, and they told me that 90% of you, the listeners, are also subscribers of the show, which is awesome, because A, it means that you really love us. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, But seriously, it means that the show matters to you. So with that in mind, I don't know if you know this, but I wanted to personally invite you to our Satori Prime tribe. You see, we have a private Facebook group called Personal Development Without the Fluff. Um, And it truly is the best place for you to come hang out with Guy and I personally, as well as the rest of your Satorian family. And it's in this group that we share exclusive content. Uh, We invite you to private free trainings that we hold. So if you're digging any of the podcast content, then make sure you head over to Facebook right away and just ask to be added to this group. I promise you, you will absolutely love it. And hey, when you get in there, it'd be awesome if you introduce yourself to the community. Let us know where you're coming from and help us connect with you because we love you and we want to connect with you. So with that, thank you so much again for being a loyal listener. And now back to the show. So how do you guys approach that with people? Are there some 
tips or things that you can share with people that are just sitting here listening, going like, okay, I, I do find myself kind of like, I never ask for money or I don't know how to ask for the sale, which I think is, is one of the biggest plagues of people today in business. Are mm -hmm. there things that you can share with these people right now that would actually give them some insight on how to gain some of that power? Sure. For the people that watch this and get this, this will totally be a mind shift and, and the rest of what I'm going to say will make sense. You don't have a sales problem. You have a prospect problem. What I mean by that is, is the people that you're communicating with about the craft thing that you do, whether you own a company that cleans houses and you're in two little tiny towns and you do three homes a week, or you for 50 grand a quarter have 12 conversations with somebody to walk them through a breakthrough in their marriage, like in anything in between. If you're in conversations with somebody about that thing that you do, and they're not saying, okay, where do I put my money? You're fundamentally talking to the wrong people because the conversation that gets them to that point is super easy. Here's what it is. Here's what it'll do for you. Here's how you get it. Like, and everybody thinks that the weight of that sales conversation is the work, right? Um, most people from my experience, believe that 80% of the work in sales is that conversation. And it's just not. Guy used the reference earlier about, you know, you, you met at the bar and you became lifelong friends. There's interaction that happens there. And I, I relate what we do to dating all the time because on a primal level, it just makes sense. We're naturally attracted to certain people and we're naturally repelled by other people. If you understand what you do and you're good at it and you have identified your ideal client avatar, your market, and then within that market, the sliver of people that are most impacted for your highest level of service, and then you go about communicating with them from the standpoint of either we're going to get along or we're not. And if we get along, then we've got something to talk about. And if we don't, go away. And the people that go away were never meant to be your clients. And the people that come in generally are like, I want it. I need it. You're the one to get me there. Where do I put my money? Mm -hmm. And it's just, in short, the people that are having a hard time asking for the money is because intuitively they feel that this is not the right person. I could do my thing. They could get a result, but I'm not feeling it. When you're both ready to just tear each other's clothes off and forget everybody else that's in the bar, that's the person that you should be like, this is the thing that I can do for you. And here's what it looks like. That's where you awesome. put your money. Yeah. And I, and I want to validate that across the board too, because I can remember countless times where we, we were operating more from a logic based place. We weren't really tuning into how things feel you go against that intuition and everybody knows this in so many relationships and interactions that you've had, or you end up in some situation that you really didn't want to be in. You don't really know why you don't want to be there. You just know you something's like your, your awesome. meter is going off. And those are the people that even if they come do business with you, you will probably in the long run want to pull more money out of your pocket than they gave you to be like, here, take this back and then get the fuck away from me. Yep. You, ju you just won't want that client. And, and I think that it does require... You know, like if, if we're saying everything is operating out of love, then love requires patience and grace. 
and that that goes for starting with ourselves assuredly because when we feel like we fucked up the first thing that goes out the window is patience and grace with ourselves and same thing with other people like we don't give them the room to just be imperfect beings that they are and then we we throw that out the window and we expect this very attached specific interaction to go i see very many many salespeople doing the blueprint i tell them this they tell me that and and it loses that dance it's not how you find your partner. It's not how you found your best relationships. It's certainly not how you find your clientele. I do love that this is seeping into the marketplace more and more. Mm-hmm. What I would come back to is what Elon brought up initially is people make a lot of bad decisions when their personal security is at risk, when, when it feels like you're going to die and, and money is a huge trigger for that. So for a lot of people listening to this, I'm sure they're thinking to themselves, this sounds really great. Kind of like with you, right? Um, we're on a call, you're having a challenge that you're having with your 14-year-old right now, you know, probably intuitively that what we're saying is spot on. And yet you're like, I may have tried some of those things. They're not open to it. Whatever whatever inclinations you might have about the situation right now that's disempowering your communication with that person. Um, and so in a person that's in a situation, and like we were in that situation, we started this business with $400 in the bank. I bought this business in the box system for $397. There was, that was like divine order for me. I, because I had had a lot of this training though in the background, there were certain things that I had the wherewithal to be with. I don't want to say deal with, be with. That most people, when they're being with it, they think this is a sign of it's time to give up versus it's just sit here for a little bit. Um, what was it? Uh, I don't remember the the person... But said, you know, success is essentially standing in no result longer than anybody else and playing with full out enthusiasm. So to the person who's dealing with the financial issues, what do you feel like allows them to gain freedom around that so that they can communicate in a way that's authentic to them versus having to start doing the swindling thing to survive? Because that's it's a tough place to be. If you love the thing that you do and you are the only person on the planet being yourself that can do the thing that you do for other people as well as you can. It's not if it's when whatever life lessons you need to go through for that to happen is part of the deal. And we all have different perspectives of why God or the universe or me or whatever is putting us through these tasks. But I mean, you just nailed it. Whoever's willing to do the thing because they're willing to do the thing for the love of the thing for as long as it takes eventually are rewarded for it. Now, you got to be honest with yourself. The way I do this thing, am I the best at it for the way that I do the thing? Am I genuinely interested in impacting and helping other people with this thing the way that I do it? If that's the case and it's you're doing it because you have the love of doing it, you will find other ways to make ends meet, right? Sure. Um, or you'll go through lessons that, you know, oh, that one beamed me, that one hurt. And I understand the question and I'm not trying to dance around it. Here's no, no, I think, I think you're doing a great job of answering it. And, and I just, if I could just add a point of clarification here, because like something that just stuck out for me when you said is, you know, are you the best doing that thing? And I think a lot of people who listen to something like this go, Honestly, I can't say that I am. And I don't think anybody, by, by what quantitative or qualitative measure does one say I'm the best at anything? There's always somebody doing something better, right? Mm-hmm. So I just want to clarify that because I don't want that to thwart people who are like, I kind of want this, but I don't think I'm the best. It's like, you're the best for the person that you're serving. Is that, would that 
be a true yeah. statement? Right. So my way of conveying my message to help people do the thing that they're doing, nobody else can say what Landon says the way Landon says better than the way Landon says, right? Yeah. And there's this other dance, right? There's a lot of us that are doing the thing that we're doing because we're skilled at it and we're interested in it, but we're fully doing it for the money. By all means, do that. Just be fucking honest with yourself and have integrity for what you're doing for other people, right? Um, most of the people that come into my space start in that camp. I'm doing this thing because I can do this thing and I believe I want to and I've gotten some people results and I think I could be really successful at that. And then after they're in my world for a month or two, they're like, ah, yeah, I can do that thing, but it's not really the thing I want to do. Mm. Like literally 80% of the people that come through our stuff, they go from camp A to camp B within a month or two. It's, right. It's the, it's the reason that I believe money. If someone says to me, I'm in this because I want to make X amount of dollars. I'm like, okay, great. And what else? And they're like, I just want to make money. I'm like, you're not, I, I mean, I've rarely seen people succeed in the long run. I am like, look in the short term, I've seen people make oodles of money. The problem is money is not a strong enough motivator for 99.99999% of people when the shit hits the fan, because when shit hits the fan and the lessons that you were talking about, Landon, they're personal lessons. Yeah. They're shit about like why you are incapable of having intimacy, why you're incapable of dealing with failure or you're unworthy or not good enough or smart enough conversations. And honestly, for most people, a paycheck at the end of the rainbow of going through that kind of journey, it just doesn't work. And so then they're like, okay, well, this is not my thing. I'm going to go do that thing. And guess what? That same lesson's waiting for you on that thing too. So it's it's super important, I think, to, to your point to find out like what is it that you could truly dedicate your life to honing that craft. Like it's such a natural self-expression of you. You love learning about it. You love sharing about it, things like that. And if anything, today's world, you can make money doing anything. Literally. Anything. And if you have any doubt about that, that's just your shit to deal with. Like you can make a business out of anything. And then I, I'm more and more surprised every day with the amount of businesses that are coming up. And I don't know if your kids are into this, but like I, I learned a, a while ago, like there's these like finger skateboards. Yeah. Yeah. And people have like finger skateboard international competitions where they do. I'm like, fuck comes up with this shit right it's it's like watching somebody else play video games instead of you playing the video game it's like yeah. that shit doesn't make any sense here's something came up for me when you were saying that here's here's the deal from my perspective you're most likely wanting to do a thing because you want to do the thing and you're good at the thing and you can help people and impact people with that thing yeah that's where I find most people when they really get clear with, with what it is that they want to do, they need to make money. 
if if you're more than 60 or 70% wanting to do this thing that you're capable of doing to help people, the doing it to make money is really easy. And usually we push the money away because we're trying too hard for the money. Mm. The people that are in the other camps that it's like, I'm going to do this thing for the money. Money getting is really fucking easy. And you can do the money getting thing while you're learning all of those life lessons. And if you're actually looking for how I can impact this world and our species, you will find the thing that stops you dead in your fucking tracks, makes you cry. And when you find that thing, or if you've got that thing that you would do for minimum fucking wage, because that's the thing you're here to do. Here's the trick. If you can get over the fear of doing that for just minimum wage and let that go and remove attachment from the reward financially of it, mm. you will find yourself swimming in money that you can't possibly spend because the universe has now found a conduit for that to do other things. So well Landon, that's one of the smartest things and perspectives that someone's shared on this show about that specific thing, because a lot of people talk about, you know, I want to pursue my passion. I want to pursue my passion. And that's a really great question. Would you pursue that passion for minimum wage for the rest of your life? Yeah. And if the answer to that is yes, like you should fucking go do that thing. Right. Totally. And if you can actually like be honest with yourself to say, yes, I could forego all of the monetary and, and material rewards, because this is the thing I must do. If you can actually let that shit go, that's when you're no longer chasing that stuff. And guess what? It finds you. So good. And it's, and it's, it's so interesting because we, we are naturally doing this everywhere. It's so funny when we get to sales, we get weird. When we get to asking people to do something with us, we get weird. And it's like it, asking someone to join your business is like asking someone to go to the movies with you. It's yeah. not that complicated. There's a frequency there because you're not attached to it that allows people to say yes. And there's a frequency when you're attached to something that doesn't allow people to say yes. And while you guys are talking, what I thought to myself was, you know, entrepreneurship is, is a, is a, if you're, if you're doing a business, so basically what you were saying, uh, I'm just going to say what you were saying in my own way is that you're choosing a pathway to your alignment. When you're in alignment, you're a conduit. When you're a conduit, God is just sending stuff through you, the divine energy, greater intelligence, call it whatever you want to call it. What I've seen over and over again in, in life is that if you choose a path towards mastery, I don't care whether that's pottery and clay or whether that's entrepreneurship or whether that's tennis, you're going to have to go through the things that have made you be unaligned in life. Like you're going to have to clear those things. Michelangelo's David, it's just like you're going to clear away the stone to find that, that beauty inside that was there when you were a kid. You just started we just add on pieces. We add on modules everywhere and then we forget we're part of the whole. So it's like mastery does that. And when I thought about this, I, I, maybe I had never quite vocalized or sub vocalized it to myself this way is that say, like every entrepreneur is on a pathway to mastery. Part of what you have to master as an entrepreneur is sales and sales is the mastery of basically communication and relationships. So if you're going to master sales, of course, you're going to understand these deeper things. Because every little thing that makes you feel awkward about talking to a human being, or which is really just what makes you feel awkward about yourself, which is really just where you're out of alignment, is all these things that you got to just go through. So it's really beautiful. But what I wanted to say, and it was so brilliant about, forget forget even minimum wage, no wage. Yeah. The, first, the first thing when somebody asks me is, how do I find my passion? I'm like, what would you do if money wasn't part of the 
part of the equation. And, and, and it's funny because all of us, whether you're a mountaineer or whether you're going to the gym or whatever it is you do, we all have hobbies. I don't go to the gym and go, I got to figure out a way to get paid for this. Right. I don't, I don't strap on a pair of skis and think to myself, I got to figure out how to get, you know, get paid for this. I just go do it naturally for the love of the thing. And yet I'm in a pursuit of mastery that consistently makes me happy and where I constantly find where I'm uncomfortable, where my edges are for what makes me comfortable. You'll find that everywhere in life. So it's interesting. The moment it's like money muddles, like, like muddies the water constantly for all of us. It, it, it ruins perspective and the things that we all naturally know and are experiencing all the time, all the time, honestly, people today who I feel are doing well are the ones who are articulating people's issues to them so well that the person's like, wow, I never even told myself it that way. You're actually saying it better than I have. And it's an, and it's an indicator that you've been through that experience and that you've actually resolved that within yourself, which is why somebody should be working with you in the first place. Yep. Bingo. Um, Landon, I want to switch because you said something back back then and I just wrote it down. You know, you don't have a sales problem. You have a prospecting problem. Mm-hmm. So going to that for a second, you know, what can people do on the prospecting side so that they are, in fact, having conversations with the best possible people? Sure. <clears throat> I need to clarify a little bit so I understand better so I can make this specific. Your audience, I would assume, and correct me if I'm wrong, are mostly coaches, consultants, or are they mostly service-based business owners? Are they mostly digital marketers with with enough? Yeah. Who are they? Yeah, yeah. Mostly uh, people that have online skills. There are some people in our audience who are kind of on the outside. They're they're corporate looking to go into the entrepreneurial space, but most people are online entrepreneurs that are either consultants, coaches, or service. You've got two ways to do this. You can do this the old ineffective way, which is cold outreach, right? You can like try and go find the needle in the haystack. And every once in a while you find a needle and it's not the right size, but it'll do. (laughs) Or you can really understand it to kind of paraphrase what Guy just said. You can really understand whom your best client at your highest service level actually is. And then figure out where they hang out and then go watch them in the wild and understand their language about what they say around what it is that you do. And you begin to know them. And once you understand them and you start learning their language about the thing you do, what you call it is almost always not the thing they actually call it. This requires getting very much more specific on who you serve and specifically for what. And the more clear you get on that, the more you understand them, the more the things that you talk about online, whether it's an ad or a post or a comment or a comment on somebody else's comment or on a Facebook live interview like this, the more specific they go, that's for me. Like he's talking to me. You can do the cold outreach thing and it sucks. I did it for 15 years on the phone, right? You can do it on the internet, kind of a little creative if you're good at that thing, but you're never actually finding your actual ideal target market. So how do you, how do you do that? Who the fuck are they? Like really who the fuck are they? It's the first thing all our people go through in our world is 
your ICA workbook. Like, what's her fucking name? How old is she? What exactly does she look like? How does she live? Where does she live? What does she do? How does she do it? Who does she like? Who does she not like? Get specific, right? Understand that person. And then learn how to speak with that person after you validated the fact that you'd actually want to speak with that person. <laughs> right? I mean, this is, it, it sounds 50,000 foot overview, but like, think about it like this. If your market, whoever you are that's watching this, there's a hundred thousand ideal people that could buy your thing in just North America. Out of that hundred thousand people, you realistically need maybe 200 to 400 in the next three to five years in most cases. Well, if you're talking to a hundred thousand people, those two to 400 are never going to be like, he's speaking to me. Mm. So who are those 200 to 400 people? And how you do that is you get really fucking specific. Who could I serve at my highest level doing the thing that I do that I would actually enjoy doing that for? And then figure out who they are. That's, I mean, you know, the, yeah, the five minute version of it, that's how you do it. That's an awesome five minute version. So if people wanted to find out how to work with you and actually get the more than five minute version on how to do that. Um, where can they find out more about you, your company? Getting clients without being salesy is our Facebook group. It's our main free Facebook group. It is a jungle. It is nuts. It is a fire hose, but come find out if you like us, right? Yes, we do a course and yes, we do coaching and all that stuff. Um, but I would rather start there, right? We just made eye contact across the bar. Let's figure out if we're like really interested. Yeah. Right. I dig this. I dig talking with you guys. Like I know that we're still live and I'm not fanboying, but like, seriously, I don't have a hard stop at the end of the hour. And I would certainly love to have another conversation with you guys. So, so here's the funny part. I'm in that same exact boat and we actually do have a hard stop. And I would love to continue this conversation. I just think there's a lot of value for people to understand. And I think we can go a lot deeper because one of the things that we didn't get a chance to speak on here, because I knew like an hour, I said to Landon, I was like, Landon, time's going to fly on this call. We're going to, we're going to jam. Uh, one of the things that we didn't touch up on at all, which I would love to on the next time we speak is that whole concept that you and I were talking about, like people really reach success by being more them yep. every single day. And it's all about like being unapologetically you is the key to all of this. And we didn't even touch on that today. That's a whole other conversation. But for those of you that just heard what, what Elon said, here's the way that I term that be your own weird ass self and own that shit a hundred percent because only you can be the best version of you on this planet. And that's what the planet wants. Once you are like, okay, and some people are going to hate me and that's okay. And you get over yourself a little bit. Life gets really fucking easy. Just it does. Yeah. And I will take this a step further. Like that conversation that we will have, that is about your life. That is not about your business and sale. That's life. Like imagine being able to walk into the next bar situation or friends dinner and just not giving a fuck yeah. and coming from that place. Not as like, I don't give a fuck about any of you. Like 
I don't give a fuck about how I show up. Because I'm in the limelight. I am this. Mm-hmm. And you can love me, you can hate me, whatever. It this is just me. And that one of the things that we've seen that, that entrepreneurship does so well is that's one of the biggest lessons and unraveling that people go through. And it makes them more confident human beings. It makes them more confident parents, more confident dating. It just, it permeates through everything. And uh, it's one of the reasons that Guy and I love working with entrepreneurs is because working on self and personal development and mindset and spirituality kind of becomes in a way a necessity you know, like, cause they realize, okay, well, all these other people that I'm looking at, you know, they speak differently than me and they look at life differently than me. Like, what is that thing? It's not something that you have to, when, when we were in personal development and we were talking to our friends, like, oh, we did this course. It was amazing. It was like, nah, I don't need it. Yep. Right. And then you're like, well, I'm not going to convince you, but like, it's really cool. And then you get into the entrepreneur world and you're like, I did this course. People are like, where is it? When's the next one? Can I sign up? Is there, there's there openings? Like no one fucking asks. What is this good for me? Not good for me. Like you said, yes, good. I'm, I'm in. Yep. Yeah. And, and the one thing I want to really highlight really quick is like the quirks that most people are trying to hide because they think that devalues them is the very thing that makes you valuable. Yeah, it's like yeah, your stutter or your high pitch voice, or that you look googly eyed into the camera, or whatever, whatever it might be about you that you're like, shit, I gotta hide that because if people see that shit, they're gonna think I'm weird. No, that's the weird that we want. Like, bring that out. And, and I find so many friends I know that are effective healers, energy workers, personal development, linguistic experts, whatever. They don't get on on things like these. Like, they won't get on a Facebook live. Cause heaven forbid, like one of those quirks come through and I feel like coax them, you know, and like, like, I don't give a shit, take a shot, be drunk on here, do whatever you got to do, but like come out here. It's like, in my opinion, we're heading to- towards another golden era of humanity. These have happened before. It's not our first awakened state, like do the research and, <laughs> and, and th- that's, what's required of us is like required. Just more you than you've ever been before. It's that simple. You want to change the future of the human race, be more you than you've ever been before. Yeah. Uh, Landon, drop the uh, the name of the group again, just so people Get, have it. Sure. It's getting clients without being salesy. You'll see this crazy gorilla logo on as the cover photo. That's the group. Answer the I questions. Got, did you guys split test getting clients without being a douche canoe? Yeah, dude. It's that interesting. Like that's getting clients without being salesy. Really? That's the name of your fucking Facebook group. Yeah. And we've, we've had the people vote on it like nine times. Really? Can we call it something cooler than that? (laughs) That's a really cool name. It tells you exactly what it is and who it is. Uh, Landon, absolute joy to have you. I will definitely reach back out. We will jam out again. This was super, super fun. Thanks again, man. Awesome. Thanks for having me on guys. All right, brother. Blast. Peace out. Love you. I really hope you enjoyed that awesome conversation as much as I did. And as always, thank you for your continued loyal support and your listening. A couple things. If you haven't already done so, make sure you go to Facebook right now and request to join our amazing private group. It's called Personal Development Without the Fluff. It's a quickly growing community with some amazing souls and amazing support. So if you've enjoyed this podcast, I can promise you, you will absolutely love that group. That's where we make all of our exclusive content available as well as trainings 
that are just for the group accessible to you and your fellow Satorians. So make sure you request access to that group immediately. Also, if you haven't done so already, we've put together an incredible app. You can go to satoriprime.com forward slash app and get immediate access right now to a 10-part mindset reboot training. It is an eye-opening, mind-expanding experience that you do not want to miss. Well, until we meet again, have an amazing day, my friend. I look forward to personally connecting with you and seeing how Satori Prime can help you in achieving your dream life real soon. Have an amazing day.